Yo, what's going on? This is Relax and Noji underscore Jackson and Big Cozy Too Cozy. We are back for something new for y'all. We have not been back for a while and we are trying something new for the listeners. That's right. This is Highly Advised MMA Episode 1. And we are here to review UFC 280 and tell y'all all about the, the fights that happened last night or I say over the weekend. How are you doing? Do you have anything for listeners? doing good and we're back in your life with a new episode from the highly advised podcast networks Mm. the highly advised mma episode one or highly advised mma one we're here to introduce something new for the listeners we're kind of splitting up things from the normal podcast to give more insight on to MMA because we love MMA. We talk about it almost every week on the podcast. So why not just give it its own little episode? We're going to try to keep it concise and sweet. Uh, We're not going to do anything where it's going to be like long drawn out shit. We're just trying to introduce this. And as more fans and listeners and supporters fuck with it, we will expand. But here we go on our first test round. And if you want to, you know, keep on following us and listening and see what else we got, y'all should follow us at the Highly Advised Podcast here on YouTube, Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram, Advised Highly on Twitter. We do this thing and, you know, we do other podcasts as well and other things over time. But yeah, we are here to talk about 280 today. And I would say first and foremost, did you like the card, you know, as it happened on Saturday? The card, UFC 280, was... It was okay. It was a solid card. I, if I had to give it a lighter grade, I would say like a a solid B. I wouldn't go any higher than a B plus, and I wouldn't go any lower than a B minus. So for me, it was a solid B. Um, I didn't. By the time I got home to tune into the fights, because it did start at two p.m. in the afternoon, of the time zone where I'm at. So listeners, you could do uh, the conspiracy theorist listeners. You could put two and two together and guess what time zone I, I was uh, watching the fight at. Uh, yeah, so what I think about the card as a whole was it was it was good. The three featured fights, the fights that they were using to promote the card, I think they, were, they had some good talking points in it. And I think... It was enough drama happened where you could, where we could discuss what went on. The first two fights were uh, a little uneventful. The and it, I know we're going to get into the Benil Dariush fight. Uh, that fight wasn't as bad as the first fight. The first fight, the Caitlin Chukaga fight, wasn't necessarily great, but because of those two fights, I felt like it kind of hurt the card a little bit. But outside of that, I think. The card was solid. It wasn't bad. I thought the fight card was pretty much like an 8 out of 10 myself. I didn't really think it was necessarily the best card, but it definitely had enough excitement to be entertaining, especially in the latter part of it. So I thought it was cool. But like you were saying, the first fight that happened on the card, and we just get into it, uh, Caitlin Chukagian versus Manon Ferro. It was a fight that I thought Manon, she is an up-and-coming prospect in that weight class. She had a good chance to win. 
Um, she went in there and honestly, her and Caitlin Chikagian, they were pretty even throughout the whole fight. Honestly, I would say Manny Farrow had some of the better striking throughout the fight, kind of, but even still, she was kind of getting hit a little bit. The real difference maker in the fight was the last takedown in the third round. And that's honestly probably most, I would say the most um, pressing point of offense in the fight. Yeah, I, I just mentioned this earlier. This fight is the dead fight. Um, I think the fight was competitive amongst the women, but at the same time, I felt like they both could have took a lot more chances in their approaches. And I think either woman would have found more success if either of them would have taken more chances. Uh, the way I scored it was Caitlin Trukega got the first round because I thought she was a little busier with her striking. Manny um, Faro got the second round, same thing. She was a bit busier with her striking. And in, and in the third round, I gave it to Faro because I thought, like you mentioned, the takedown kind of stole the round. Because if it wasn't for that takedown, that was going to be a hard round to find, because a hard round to score, excuse me, because I felt like there weren't necessarily, like I mentioned, taking a lot of chances to press the action. And and I don't know if it was just one of either lady was afraid to engage more because they were afraid of getting hit as much or there was a game plan involved. I don't necessarily under, uh, understood what they were trying to do, but I felt like that if either were willing to close the distance a bit more or at least put more pressure on, on either or one another, the fight would not only the fight would have turned out better, but I think the women that decided to, to take that step would have had more success throughout the fight. So I think Ben and Foreau, she probably should fight Alexa Grasso next to determine the clear cut number one contender for Valentina. Because in the meantime, I think Valentina and Amanda Nunes should fight X. But prior to that or after it, whatever, the next contender for Valentina's title should be decided title title eliminator between Alexa Grasso and Ben and Ben Furrow, excuse me. Moving on to the second fight, we had Mateus Gamrot versus Benel Dariush. This is another fight that was a little hard to call because it was kind of contested, especially within the second round, or I'll say the first round. They had a lot of grappling, which seemed to kind of tire out both the fighters. Moving into the second round, I would say that Benel Dariush got some good strikes in. Definitely in the third round, he got the drop. So I think that kind of solidified the win for him. During the fight, you know, me and, me and I were talking about it, and I kept on saying, Benil Darius just has a way of dropping people. And I don't think his stand-up is necessarily the best by any means, but I do think that he has the stand-up to stick with some of these people and it, the ground game enough to threaten them to not want to go on the ground game, ground with him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, both both guys were are pretty good grapplers. I chose uh, Mateus Garbot to win because I was very impressed with his last fight. Um, I can't remember the gentleman's name right now on top of my head, but I was impressed. And I thought, okay, he's going to be a tough out for Benil. He might be able to 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 win a decision against Benil. Not sleeping on Benil because Benil is also another tough out. I just thought Garbot had enough to beat Benil. 
Well, that's not how the fight played out. The first round I gave it to Garbaugh because he was more aggressive with his grappling, but the next two rounds was all Benil, in my opinion. I think Benil was the busier fighter. He landed the better shots, and of course, the third round when he got the score with a knockdown, it would kind of seal the deal. So there's not much to really uh, take away from the fight outside of what I just said. But what I will say is I think if Benil Dariush is not getting the next title shot, I don't think he should fight another contender. I think it's either he gets the next title shot or he should wait until he until the UFC is ready to let him fight for the title. Because he, he I, I don't believe uh, somebody like Islam, Tony Ferguson prior to him, need to go on these double digit win streaks before getting a shot. I think it's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. So I think if Benil's not going to get the shot because they do the Volkanovski super fight, then I think Benil should, hey, wait till that fight is done so you can be next lot. Yep. And if he has to, I'll take one more fight towards when things are clear. If he has to, because you know how they do. Oh, he hasn't fought recently. Da 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 da. He's uh, the next uh, guy, though. Uh, uh, I guess the timeline depends on that. If it's like a a year, year and a half wait, then yeah. But if it's not if it's not going to take him a long time before that, then no. I think that he could wait till past February, and then he could fight later in twenty twenty three. I think the guy Mateus beat was also uh, Armin. I can't remember his last name, but I, I I know Armin was his first name. So that was that fight. The third fight on that card that happened on Saturday was Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley. This was one of the more interesting fights that went all the way. Me personally, I scored this fight for Piotr Jan, but the judges scored this fight for Sean O'Malley. I had Sean O'Malley win in the first round because he uh, stunned Piotr Jan. I'm sure he didn't expect that, but, um, you know, he caught him. The second round was a little bit back, more back and forth uh, with Piotr Jan and Sean O'Malley. And I think that also had the grappling exchange when they both got rocked and, you know, they were definitely fighting each other. They were really going at it. The third round, I thought that was more Sean O'Malley. Caught him with a good knee, a good kick, had him bleeding. Like, it was pretty bad. And honestly, that fight more or less, I think, shows that Sean O'Malley can stick in with some of the top dogs at the division, especially being that Piotr Jan was the number one contender prior to this fight. Um, but also, I, I don't think that Piotr Jan or Sean O'Malley fought a bad fight in here. They have nothing to be ashamed of either of them. You know, I thought I think that they're both good, clear contenders contenders in the division. Yeah, this fight was definitely fight of the night. It was a good fight. Um, there was definitely some highlights to talk about. I think this fight, whether he won or lost, it proved Sean O'Malley deserved to be within the top five, top ten of the bantamweight division. He is no slouch, and I think that opened up the eyes to the rest of the bantamweight contenders. Um, I know this is the unpopular opinion right now, but I thought Sean O'Malley edged out that fight. If somebody said Peter Yon won that fight, I would not be bad because I understand it. The first round and the third round was close. They were both close rounds. I thought Peter clearly won the second. But that first and third round, I don't know. I think O'Malley did enough to win because he was he, his striking was better in both of those rounds. Now, I understand people are like, oh, well, y'all had the harder shots. Well, 
if you want to go by the numbers, like statistics and all that shit like that, it shows that Charlotte Malley landed the more significant strikes, right? But I know some people will try to denounce that and say, well, it's all, well, you know, that's subjective, that's opinionated. Then I think at that point, you're going tit for tat. You you know, I don't think that's uh, fair to either fighter's who who were in the cage beating their brains out for our entertainment to be like, oh, well, y'all, uh, every single last punch y'all had was harder compared to O'Malley's punch. I think that's nonsense. I'm just going off of what what I can see, what the listeners and viewers could see, and what people, the spectators at the arena could see, who landed the more punches and who had the better output of, of striking. I think Sean O'Malley had the edge in, in both rounds one and three. But if you thought Peter did, I'm not even going to argue with you. I think this was the split decision. I think that was the right call either way. I don't think either fighter won all three rounds. But with that being said, though, it's a tough break for Peter, y'all, because he he lost two decisions in a row. I think the Aljamain loss was clear, but this one is controversial. Uh, I don't think it hurts Yon too much in the rankings. Yeah, he'll lose some spots, but I don't think it'll hurt too much in the rankings. Um, he could still get another big fight, but it, you know, just kind of sucks for him. Sean O'Malley, on the other hand, I know the UFC might try to push him for a title fight, but I don't think that's going to happen. I truly think the UFC is going to... I don't think the UFC is going to ultimately give him the title shot. I think what what's going to happen is they're going to do Cheeto versus Sean O'Malley too. They're probably either main event of a big fight in our card or a co-main event of a pay-per-view, whatever. When Dana was talking about Henry Cejudo coming back, I think Dana was probably looking at, okay, I think I could make somebody off of Cejudo in Aljamain, which leads us to our next fight that we're going to talk about. So the co-main event on the card, was Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. This fight ended in two rounds. It was pretty much a thorough beating by Aljamain Sterling over an injured TJ Dillashaw, who supposedly had his arm dislocating, popping in and out of his socket at least 20 times during his training camp since April. I personally believe that TJ Dillashaw, if he took this fight with that type of injury, I can't feel bad for him. Like, if you're going in there with one arm, essentially, and you get beat up like you got one arm, I mean, what do you expect to happen other than what we saw on Saturday night? I don't really feel bad. It, I think, personally, it's time for TJ to retire because that's not necessarily right to be asking for title shots and begging for top contenders when you can't even go in there and compete. And I understand maybe he has some other stuff going on and this, that, and the third. I feel like a lot of fighters and a lot of you know, a lot of people during these events have a lot of things going on. I don't really see it as much of an excuse. Aljamain got the win. Shout out to Aljamain Sterling. I thought it was a good performance by him for what it was. Yeah, I, I, I'm i happy that Aljamain won. I'm probably part of the um, unpopular crowd, but I was rooting for Aljamain to win. I'm not a fan of TJ Dillashaw by any means. Um, I... Him talking about his shoulder popping out and all that stuff, to me, I was just kind of like, well, you're the one that decided to to keep fighting. He even apologized for the cage work because he knew that he didn't have to uh, 
he could have not taken the fight, but he took the fight because he was very confident that he could beat Aljamain. And he said it himself. He said, yeah, I thought I could bait him into a striking match, meaning that he was confident enough to beat him on the feet. Right. So, and that fight just showed, like, before Sterling took him down, it didn't look like TJ was going to beat him on the feet. It looked like it was either going to be, uh, you know, one punch here, one punch there, or... Or was or at some point Aljamain was going to be able to take him to the de- ground as he did, so I just felt like it was kind of like a built-in excuse for why he lost, and I don't think that's fair to Aljamain. Uh, kudos to Aljamain Sterling. I do. I would like to see him fight Cheeto next, but I know the UFC will probably do Cheeto and uh, Shadow Bally. And um, if the Henry Cejudo thing really happens, then. That's going to be an interesting fight. I don't, I don't know who I'll take at that time. I feel at, like I, at this time, I mean, I feel like I'd like to see Aljamain Sterling versus Cheeto and Sean O'Malley versus Murad, just because it keeps them all busy. You know, to me, I, I understand everybody wants to see the Henry Cejudo fight, but I have no interest in that. You know, like to I, Henry Henry Cejudo is just sitting there talking shit from the outside. He hasn't fought in a long time. I understand he has a large fan base for what he's done, and that's good and that's great. But at this point in time, I pick him to lose to Aljamain anyway. Why don't you just have your actual contenders busy? And I understand that Marab's not in the rush to fight for the title. But that being said, though, if you put him against Sean O'Malley, I think that is a fight that could propel him to the title against uh, Aljamain or Cheeto. Yeah, I mean... You already heard Marab and Aljamain. They already said they won't fight each other. Right. So if Marab is due for a title shot, Aljamain said that he was going to vacate the title and move up and let Marab fight for it against whoever the other contender after that is. But I'm not saying that he's going to fight Aljamain. I'm just saying doing something to keep him busy. No, I I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. All right. Well, the co- or I'm sorry, the main event of the card was Islam Makachev versus Charlie Olive's Charlie Olives, the pride of Brazil, who lost last night in a second-round submission. This fight was interesting to watch because Islam Makachev kind of had control from the beginning of the fight till the end of the fight. Charles Oliveira didn't really look to be in the fight at all, on the feet, on the ground. It just looked like Islam just had his number. Islam, they kept on saying that his stand-up was great in this, that, and the third. I strongly disagree with that sentiment. I feel like Islam, his, his stand-up's all right. His stand-up's all right. I think what people are really worried about is being held on the ground by him, which is their bread and butter. I feel like for people to act like that's not what's going on and to say, like, he's a world-class striker, like, take wrestling out of the equation. That fight goes different. I don't care who it is in there. So that's regardless, but... That being said, Islam is a champion. He beat him fair and square. I don't think you have to really make any excuses for Charles Oliveira. Um, if he fights Alexander Volkanovsky next, that's cool. If he fights Charles Oliveira next again, I think that's cool. I think he has a little bit of options as to what he's going to do. But right now, he's the guy. Yeah, I don't think Charles Oliveira should get a, uh, a rematch. He lost. He lost clean. He got dominated, got spanked. It is what it is. And I was, I was kind of pulling for Charles Oliveira. Oliver, I think he has a good story, a good narrative, but he lost. He lost to the better man, and the the better man is Islam Mahashev. I think that Islam is the guy at lightweight now. Now, if he does fight Volkanovski next, I think 
that fight is tailor made for Islam to win. I uh, if he fights Dariush, now now we're talking about a possibly more competitive fight because Dariush has really good grappling, and he's no slouch on the ground. I'm not saying that Islam can't beat him, but at least that fight is more competitive. I think the against Volkanovski, we're looking at a size issue. I think Islam is he does a tower over him like I thought because when they both got the the cage. You can see that Volkanovski is shorter than him, but it's not like he's a midget compared to Islam. Right. Um, but I, Islam, in my opinion, I think he's going to be bigger. I think the weight is going to, it's really going to be a main factor for Volkanovski to deal with all that strength that Islam carries as well. Um, but the fight itself, I thought the fight was a really impressive showing for Islam because I, when they went to the ground, in both rounds, Islam controlled uh, Oliver for the most part. There was this one time where Islam got off off of the ground with Oliver, and I remember telling you and the other people we were watching the fight with that I think Islam recognized there was something, there was something uh, he didn't want to get caught in something, so he got up. But as you see, the that the other few times that he took Oliver down. It you know he made sure to to put himself in position to to dominate with a ground pound or advance in position to try to secure submission. When he dropped Oliver, I was like, oh shit, okay, that means he got a little bit of power in his hands too to be dropping them. I know people are like, oh well, Oliver is a little chitty, da da da. Yeah, he's a little chitty. I guess people who have knockout power or got power in their hands. He's been hit. Oliver has been hit quite a few times in his career and he doesn't just go down for anybody. So I don't think it's, is that I just think that Islam is showing that, Hey, his striking is, is, is not as bad as people thought it was going to be, uh, me included. I just thought like, Hey, if this fight stays on the feet too long with Charles pressure, I think he's going to blitz Oliver. I think he's going to bust on him, but it, um, Islam just goes to show, like, hey, he's not gonna bust Sabi, and I'm good enough to to hit him a few times. So I agree with your take, though, Nigel. Like, if it was just a stand up affair, there's no grappling or nothing at all. Islam would have got, he would have got gotten eventually. But since obviously the name of the game is mixed martial arts, of course, Islam mixed it up really well. I had nothing to take away from Islam Mahashev. I think he did it. He's the real fucking deal. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a really solid win by him. And I, I think that it's a good one. People don't really need to see Charles Oliver, I'm sorry, not Charles Oliveira, but Habib Namagomedov come out of retirement and fight anymore. I think, you know, they should be very satisfied with what they got in Islam. He's the guy. And, you know, now Lightweight can keep on moving on and, you know, hopefully get some more contenders in there. Did you have anything else to say about 280? Uh, besides 280 being cool, um, I like what they do go around Abu Dhabi. Um, I think it's a nice change of scenery. Um, I, I I don't have anything bad to say about the vet besides that first fight. But what I will say is that hopefully every time they go back to Abu Dhabi, it's a mega card. They load it up. It's not just a one-fight show. And so far, they have a good track record of it. So even though I grade the event at B, I'm not mad at it. I think that 
it was a solid event to spend my hard earned my hard earned money on. Um, listeners, if you like this, let us know. Give us a comment. Give us a like. Subscribe. Do what you got to do to help us out and support us. Follow us at Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram, Highly Advised Podcast on YouTube, and Advised Highly on Twitter. Um, this is new, and this is fun, and we want to continue doing it. So have fun, have some fun with us. We'll see you guys next time. You've been highly advised. Peace. Peace.